0: This is Fletch, and I want to welcome you to episode 33 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, where we're talking about teaching, or specifically, I love homeschooling, but I'm not a good teacher. We're going to dive right into this topic, and we have a few guests coming on our show to help us talk through it. One of those guests is a former private school principal and homeschool dad, Steve Wilkins. We asked him the question, What would your response be to a parent who says, I love homeschooling, but I'm not a great teacher?
1: The subject, of course, is am I a good teacher? But I think the real question is, can your child learn independently? And I think that really should be our goal, that you can turn them loose and they can go forward with their education uh, in a much more independent fashion. But but the more we can move our children in that direction, uh, the better.
0: If you're like us that might not be the answer you were expecting. You see, we're gonna mix it up on this show. We're gonna talk through what it means to be a good teacher. We're gonna talk through what our goals should be. Along the way, we're also gonna welcome Paige Hudson from elementalscience.com, and she's going to readdress a previous topic. I love homeschooling, but I just can't teach science. So we have a great episode for you today. We encourage you to stick around. And listen to I Love Homeschooling, but I'm not a good teacher. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch.
2: And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the
0: gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we discover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, so this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And we are sitting down to record another episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, but it is... I mean you guys want real life. It's real life today. <laughs> I mean, there is is the word cacophony. Can I uh, use that one?
2: Yeah. Oh, yes. There's like
0: a cacophony going on behind us. <laughs> What's going on, Kench?
2: We have your office party at our house tonight.
0: Right, and yeah. just so you know, the the studio, the great homeschooling in real life studio. In case you think we have rented space <laughs> in a soundproof room, we don't. It is an office, right, like right off two, the front door, two feet away from the front door <laughs> in the entranceway, and right at the base of the stairs. Right, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so we have uh, some cleaners here helping us get the house tidied up for our party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about an hour ago, we had our um, college kid come back from college.
2: Right, they, they drove. drove all-
0: yeah, through the night, <laughs> all night, night long. And they they showed up at like seven thirty a.m. Right. Um, our oldest son, who doesn't live here, chose to spend the night here. And he has his mobile office set up on our kitchen counter. Right. Complete with loud music. <laughs> we have high school kids who are feeling Christmas break. Uh, so you may hear background noise. On I hear episode. a vacuum. I, right now I can. Yeah. I just heard something drop that sounded like... It sounded like a glass bucket of silverware.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah well, that's probably right, because somebody needed a spoon for cereal.
0: <laughs> well, you know, this is one thing we were going to do on this episode, is let's just tell them kind of how we do homeschooling in real life. We talked about doing an intro like this. Like, like we're, we're sitting in a studio that's really just a converted little office space. Yep. And we have two microphones, and we sit about five feet away from each other. And uh, we try and find time just to do this in the midst of homeschooling. So when we say homeschooling in real life, that is what this is. This is homeschooling in real life. Now, our topic this week is I love homeschooling, but... And it's part of the series where we've talked about, but my kids are with me all the time, but I hate teaching math, which is really about teaching any subject, but I'm totally disorganized. And this week it's, but what, Kendra?
2: But I am not a good teacher. And um, we talked about this earlier as being like, you know, oh, but my wife is not a good teacher. And then we thought, oh, that's terrible. That's a terrible thing
0: to say. Yeah, it's it's truth, though. Some, yeah, some people it, say it's that.
2: life. Yeah, exactly. But I know a lot of moms who are like, oh, man, I could not teach because I'm just not a good teacher.
0: And we're going to address that subject. That you heard from the clip on the intro. We have, uh, we have two guests on the show with us today. Uh, one is an old friend, Steve Wilkins, mm-hmm. and then one is a new friend and a listener of homeschooling in real life, Paige Hudson. She's going to be talking about kind of a continuation of our last topic of, or our topic of, I I love homeschooling, but I hate teaching math. And just going to talk a little bit about science with us today.
2: Right. That's one of those topics that people say, oh, I can't teach it.
0: So we have a great episode. Again, we think you're really going to like it. We hope that this really uh, is a blessing to you if you're considering homeschooling or if you're already a seasoned homeschooler or if you're just helping someone else who says, I can't do this. I'm not a good teacher. We hope this episode is one that you can share with friends or share with family members who may just be struggling or discouraged about even getting started. So uh, stick with us. We have a great show today. Hey, listeners, we want to encourage you to subscribe to the Homeschooling in Real Life website.
2: Yeah, you know, Fletch, I don't like a lot of junk in my inbox. (laughs) And so I think that's maybe the hurdle for some people. But here's the benefit of subscribing.
0: Well, let me tell you the benefit I know you're listening to us, and you may be pulling us off of iTunes, you may be going directly to the web to listen to this podcast, but every time an episode goes up, which is every two weeks, you'll get an email sent directly to you telling you what the topic is, what the show is going to be about, and how to download it right to your computer or how to get over to iTunes and listen to it on your device.
2: So are we talking about like several times a day, several times a week?
0: the podcast goes up every two weeks and that's when you'll get an email from us every two weeks but we also have a blog
2: we do and I don't know that all of our listeners know that we have a website that correlates with our uh, episodes Fletch so if you are wanting to know more about a topic we're generally posting once or twice a week about that topic
0: and they'll get that as well in their inbox that's right now let's not forget the PSA resistance you get exclusive content behind the scenes footage now we don't have one for every episode but there are times when I'm sorry Kendra is just off the rails and cannot <laughs> record. So we put up exclusive behind the scenes audio content from this show and this is the stuff that when I go back and listen to it and I'm editing, I laugh out loud at what it sounds like. So I put that up as a special clip just for listeners who have subscribed to the Homeschooling in Real Life website.
2: So you're just putting that stuff up so people can laugh at me.
0: Exactly. So, do us a favor, go over to the Homeschooling in Real Life Website, which is homeschoolingirl.com. dot com. On the main page, subscribe and do me a favor. Bring a few friends with you. We'd love to get the word out about what homeschooling looks like in grace and what it looks like to have your feet firmly planted in the gospel. Hey, Kenj, do you think you're a good teacher?
2: Uh, not really. I'm a good. I'm a good. Knitter.
0: <laughs> You're a good administrator. I'm a
2: good administrator. I'm a fairly good baker. Um, but teaching those things is not necessarily easy. So,
0: Do you lose your patience with your students?
2: Why are you asking that question?
0: Well... I'm just looking at all the ways that people would say I'm not a good teacher. Do okay. you lose your patience?
2: Because I'm saying that because, um, yes, yeah, that's <laughs> like a all daily the thing. time. Although here's an interesting fact, Fletch. I was at um our girlfriend's house this week. Their son had um had a diabetic incident. It was very scary. So I went over there to to minister to her, you know, take her some tea from Starbucks. And uh, one of their little guys was working on his math. And he said, hey, Auntie Kenj, could you help me? And um, so I sat down next to him. I was so patient and kind. Yeah,
0: you can always be kind. That's, why, that's yeah, how the public I, school teachers do it. They're patient with other people's I know. kids.
2: And I looked at Lisa and I said, how come I'm so nice to Jackson, but I can't be this kind to my own kids when I'm teaching him math?
0: All right, so we have the issue of patience. What about just, um, you know, knowledge base? Do you, do you feel you have a fairly strong knowledge base from your high school, college, post-college reading and and studies?
2: Well, honestly, uh, I was raised by a mom who is naturally curious or taught herself to be curious, I guess. Um, I always say she's probably the smartest woman I know, and she never went to college, but it's because she is a voracious reader and um, very curious about things. And so, you know, at my education aside, which went to a four-year degree at a private university, put all that aside, um, I think a lot of what I've learned... you know, has been in my later years or because I was interested in something or because I'm a homeschooling mom. And I, I bring that up because really, isn't that the goal for our own kids too, that they can get to where they're just excited about something and interested. I think that has helped me be a better teacher because I realize that it isn't so much that, oh, I've got to fill this little mind with all this knowledge, you know, or I've got to make sure we have the right um, textbooks or we've got to have the right information, but really showing them by our own example, because we are, you and I are both, you know, we're just always lifelong learners.
0: Yeah. And I can say, I would like, likewise, I was raised by a dad who, if I were to look at his Kindle right now, his book count is probably well over 200 in just the last few years. Right. Right. Cause he just reads a book or two a week of good history and good knowledge and and stuff like that that he's just interested in. So yeah, I I guess what I'm, what I wanted to ask you though, and and that you're getting to, you got there a lot quicker than I was hoping, which is we're trying to create good learners. So we're trying to take what we have been doing and communicate that. So um, yeah, there's content. They need to get the basics, right? They need to get the the basic math and spelling and, and how to read. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we kind of want to launch them. And say, okay, what? How much do you want to know about dolphins? How much do you want to know about the Titanic? In our house, Uh, yeah, right now, yeah, we've been on the Titanic, and now we're on the Lusitania, and any (laughs) other major ship that's sunk.
2: Well, the Britannica Dad was the sister (laughs) ship of the Titanic. (laughs) It sunk also.
0: Yeah, so you know, (laughs) that's really what we're doing. and maybe this is a good time just to to kind of pull out of the studio and go to a great interview about this you know we decided to sit down and uh kind of at the last minute yeah we as we're discussing what we were going to go over with this episode suddenly like this mutual light bulb went off and we thought bing steve wilkins yeah now steve is an old friend from our very first week in living in the central valley of california Mm -hmm. they introduced us uh, invited us to their community group we uh, built a quick friendship with them. Their daughters, they had two daughters that were the same age as our two oldest boys. Yeah. And uh, we became uh, quick friends. And why don't you just share a little bit of the story about how you got into homeschooling and how Steve encouraged you?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, for us, we had this four-year-old boy who was super precocious and he, um, oh, gosh, he was just a quick little learning kid. He was also stubborn, you know, firstborn male. <laughs> I think he was like, you know, headlong into leadership role or whatever.
0: Yeah. And it's good that we worked that out of his system. isn't uh,
2: it? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> so our initial choice to homeschool had really nothing to do with, uh, with our faith or, um, you know, parenting. It had everything to do with academics, with him, and so I started researching. You know what? What is this about? This is really early internet days, so there was a lot, lot less, you know, available than there is today. Um, but what came to the forefront was this idea of a classical education, and that appealed to me. Um, I'm fairly academic girl, and so you know, giving our kids a real foundation because that's a lot of what classical education is about is giving them the tools to work with, to become lifelong learners. So we were sitting around the dinner table one night with Steve and his wife, and Steve was a principal of a, of a local Christian school at the time. And I said, um, you know, we're kind of bantering about classical education and whatnot. And I said, Steve, I don't know that I could teach my kids. I mean, my degrees in music. And he laughed. He said, Kendra, you so totally could teach your own kids.
0: Yeah, so, so that is why when we're sitting down to do this episode, I love homeschooling, but I'm not a good teacher. You and I both went, bing, Steve Wilkins, because we had this conversation in real life in our own family. Right. So you know what we did is we, we called up Steve on Skype. We had a lot of fun. They're on the east coast of the United States, and we called him up, and we just had a little discussion with him, and we'd love to just play that for you right now. All right, we're very excited to have an old friend on the phone with us who actually used to live uh, in our town and has since moved across the United States. So we have uh, Steve Wilkins on, and we're super excited that he's taking time out of his schedule to talk to us. Steve, why don't you take a little bit of time and tell our listeners uh, about who you are, where you live, and kind of how you fit into homeschooling and education.
1: Yeah, I haven't really been involved that much in homeschooling. I've been in private education, Christian education, most of my life, it seems, and uh, mostly as a principal, but also as a teacher, and um, haven't been in education for about four or five years now, and um, I um, really have become dissatisfied with uh, the whole classroom-type environment, even from a Christian perspective, but uh, we homeschooled our girls for their last three years, and um, I think that's really the better way to go. and
0: Yeah, so even though you haven't been involved, per se, in homeschooling, uh, you're still very, very uh, concerned and involved in education as far as discussion and at least throughout. Yeah,
1: I keep up. I still read as much as ever. And And
0: you throw stuff our way for us to pay attention. (laughs) Yeah, I should do that. Great.
2: So way back when I was uh, considering homeschooling and I said, I, I don't think I can do this and I'm not a credential teacher and all of this, And you were the one of the first people to say to me, oh, of course you can. You, you can absolutely do this. And I, you know, I, I think you kind of gave me a, like some wind beneath my wings, Steve, <laughs> because I wasn't confident, you know, and you said you absolutely could do this. Um, and we did. So uh, I just wanted to know, you know, you first came to mind when we were talking about this topic for the the person who says, I feel really called to homeschooling my kids, but I'm a terrible teacher. What do you say to that person who thinks, you know, homeschooling is the better option for them? um, It's what they want to pursue. But gosh, there's that whole pesky idea of having to actually teach my children.
1: Well, I would presume the reason why someone would think they're unqualified is because they don't have certification from the government. But I can't tell you how little that certification from the government amounts to anything, you know, or the training that goes along with it. And um, there, there's nothing in that process that uh, identifies and develops great teachers. And uh, so I don't think the average mom has anything uh, lacking that the average school teacher doesn't have. And uh, it was really disappointing to go through that whole training program and see what a, what a farce all that was.
2: Wow, that's a very provocative statement.
1: Yes, glad to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that is why we've invited Steve on homeschooling in real life because, like us, you're he's, the only
1: ones who will <laughs>
0: invite me on. <I> <laughs> he's one of the people that will say things as it is.
2: What the NEA hasn't invited you to come speak?
1: <laughs> no, no, not quite welcome there. So,
0: Well, one of the comments I'd like to throw in here is that, you know, when I was, when we were all back in college, you know, choosing career paths, I chose to go down uh, dentistry and, you know, there were good friends of mine that were engineers and there were good friends that were, well, Kendra was a music major. Um, I remember what it looked like uh, to have people sign up for teaching and to go through the credentialing program. At a you know fairly prestigious private education facility here in California, and I remember seeing some of these guys that were in my fraternity that were going to be teachers, and I thought to my that was one the first time I clued in. I thought, man, they they will let anybody teach kids.
1: <laughs> Any anybody, it, it's a it's amazing how how what poor academic uh, standards are are required of uh, teachers and and how little they know. and uh, and really have little to offer to their students.
0: So what's the uh, encouragement then? Like, you know, what is it that people need? What are the basics they need to have in their pocket if they're listening to this podcast and saying, yeah, that's me, I don't think I can do this?
1: Hey, you know, the, the number one thing they need to have, and it's the same thing that a classroom teacher needs to have, is you need to have control over your children, and uh, I don't know that that's discussed much, but as a school principal, I see a lot of homeschool failures show up on my doorstep wanting to enroll their children. And, uh, and you get to know them and watch how the family works, and you realize they just don't have any control over the children. They're running wild, and mom loses it, and education falls apart, and they wind up uh, looking for another alternative. So that would be my my first thought is, is – do your children obey at least reasonably well. And, um, or I think it's kind of a bit of a lost cause. Um, but, uh, but that's certainly not something that can't be overcome.
2: Wow. That's fabulous. So say I'm that parent that says I, you know, I am not a good teacher. I, but I want to have my kids in a homeschool environment. What are some of the options, Steve, that you see for somebody who just, just feels like they can't do this well?
1: Well, obviously, there there are co-ops to join and things to that effect, and um, and I knew a couple families out here, of course, they had the resources to do it, but they hired a uh, a teacher to come in, uh, combine two families for the kids, probably a total of five kids, and uh, hired a teacher to come in and, and uh, be the homeschool teacher in their home, and um, so that's an option for those that can afford such a thing, and... So any that teacher
2: that? was a full-time teacher, and they paid that teacher like a regular salary? Yes.
1: Wow. Yes. Okay.
0: Well, don't get so. any ideas here, Kendra. I'm not upping your salary. I <laughs> do <enough. That's...
1: laughs> Where you thought Steve was leading you. Uh, so that's that's a that's a pretty limited option, limited to small parts. Darn the, if population. if only
2: I had an extra sixty thousand laying around.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well at that time I think twenty-four was about the going rate for a good teacher in oh. South Carolina.
2: Fletch, so, do we have uh, an extra twenty-four?
0: Go-
1: <laughs> we have uh, two ten
0: dollars and then four singles, is that what you're saying?
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So then let's go back up a little bit. Here's here I am the homeschool teacher, and I just don't think I'm very good at at it. You know, like I'm, I'm ready to do it. I'm prepared. I'm interested in uh, curriculum and I've chosen those things for my children, but I get right down to it. And I think, man, I just, I'm not a very good teacher. I'm not good at this. I'm not, uh, disseminating information well, or my kids are not listening to me, not because they're disobedient, but because maybe I'm boring you know, or something like that. What are some other ways you think that maybe, um, just some ways you think a, a homeschool mom or, or dad could be equipped better?
1: Well, it depends on the subject matter. And of course we discussed math, what last week or the week before and, uh, the episode before, and, and that is a harder subject to teach. And, uh, it does require some ability to, um, see the problems that are before them. And, uh, there's a little bit of intuition there and and a lot of it's just practice. And I would just say, just start going down that road and, uh, and, and keep practicing with your child on trying to learn this arithmetic and, um, and you'll learn to see how they think and how they perceive uh, problems and the numbers on the paper and what they're trying to accomplish with those. And uh, I just say press on, and it'll it'll come back to you. There there certainly is a degree of learning alongside the children, and uh, and that's not a bad thing at all.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, in
1: other in in other subjects, I am a firm believer of reading, uh, both reading as you know the child reading independently. But for instance like history just read biographies. I think this is a place where dads could pick up and, and just get some good biographies appropriate to their age level, maybe a little bit higher, and just read them with them in the evening. Uh, that's our kids got a, a great deal of education just just doing that uh, at night before bed. And so um let let you know let the great story uh, do the teaching. All you've got to do is read and maybe ask some questions.
2: Yeah, I think that um, also segues nicely into a point where I think so many home educators who weren't uh, homeschooled themselves come to this and think it has to look like a classroom or classroom teacher.
1: And that is such, such a mistake. And, um, you know, learning is such an organic thing, I guess, in a secular, that'd be a secular term for, or I think it's a spiritual thing myself. And yet we've turned it into an institutional thing through school. And so now we take this opportunity to homeschool, and yet we, we perceive with this institutional model, and uh, it, it's not the way children should be learning. It's not, I don't think, particularly healthy, and, uh, but it is all nicely packaged, kind of a cookbook formula to getting your children from A to B academically.
0: So uh, one last question, and this actually may go back at the beginning. As a parent looks at homeschooling as an option, uh, can you briefly just touch on the history of education? You know, kind of down that same question we just were. Um, Historically, how were kids taught uh, in the environment? Was Was it a parent in the past? You know, when we talk about pure homeschooling prior to the public school system, or did they hire tutors, or what has your research shown?
1: Well, yeah a lot of it just uh, depended on the the financial situation of the family and also their geography where they lived but certainly an older child could teach a, a younger child a lot of things that they needed to learn and um and the homeschool environment i think was more the norm you know 200 years ago and not that many kids actually got to go to a grammar school but was particularly in new england area the, the the rates of literacy were almost 100% and what they consider literate is as far surpasses what we consider literate nowadays. And, um, and most of that was just done around the hearth uh, with mom and dad and, and the kids and, and whomever happened to be around. And I, I think it's uh, certainly a better environment uh, for children to, to learn in.
2: So, Steve, if you were going to encourage a, a homeschooling family that, you know, feels like maybe they're not really well equipped, do you have some favorite resources
1: You know, the Khan Academy is certainly going to be very helpful for math, especially, and uh, particularly if math is not your uh, your forte, and uh, I would highly recommend that. Um, Beyond that, um, like I said, I enjoy just reading biographies, doing projects with the kids, or letting the kids go out and do projects, and, you you know, the subject, of course, is am I a good teacher, but I think the real question is can your child learn independently, and I think that really should be our goal that you can turn them loose and they can go forward with their education uh, in a much more independent fashion. And uh, it's a bit of a challenge and certainly a subject for another day. But but the more we can move our children in that direction, uh, the better.
2: And now (laughs) I'm thinking we're actually going to need a follow-up episode on creating independent learners. Would you be willing to come back and do that? That'd be awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Well, Steve, we want to thank you for being a guest on the show and uh, just thanks for being a good friend over all these years. And we'd love to have you back on. Would you be willing to come back
1: on? Certainly. Well, great. Love it.
0: Thanks for being here today for, with us.
1: All right. Thank you.
2: Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, This is Felice Gerwitz with Vintage Homeschool Moms. After listening to Fletch and Kendra, you're invited to Vintage Homeschool Moms where I discuss everything from academics, to marriage, to planning and making life easier for hectic homeschool families. You can find Vintage Homeschool Moms on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network or by searching for us on iTunes. Hey, I hope to meet you soon.
0: Hey, this is Fletch.
2: And this is Kendra.
0: And you are listening to episode number 33. I love homeschooling, but I'm not a good teacher. And we just got done listening to Steve Wilkins, uh, that little phone interview we did with Steve. And he, I, we hope you like him. He's great, and he's super encouraging. And, you know, we, we mentioned that during the interview, but we're going to have him back on because he's super articulate, and he's a big thinker like us. I mean, thinking outside of the box uh, and not just overuse that term, but he has some great ideas about education that we want to dig into a little more.
2: At the same time, we had a hurler, a listener to our podcast um, and blogger, contact us and say, you know, I would love to encourage your listeners who have a hard time teaching science. I think that's a big one for people. What do you, what do you think are some of the others?
0: Well, I mean, we've already talked about math. Right. Science, Language. Yeah, writing.
2: Writing is the big you really one Really, you think so? Oh yeah, I have really, people I tell think me that all the time. Writing is so easy. Well, not. Oh. <laughs> you were being sarcastic. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, I, I, a lot of people, I some people have a way with words, and other people not have way.
2: Thank you, Steve Martin.
0: <laughs> That's one of my favorite Steve Martin jokes. I know. So anyhow, there you know we have a uh, plenty of topics, but we loved the fact that after listening to that episode, I love homeschooling, but I hate teaching math. Um, Paige did reach out to us, and she wanted to encourage our listeners. On the topic of science, we did the same thing. We called her up on Skype and we had a quick conversation about that topic. And again, that lines up perfectly with this episode of I'm not a good teacher. So why don't we go to that interview and just the interchange we had with Paige and play it for our listeners. And again, we think you're going to love what she had to say. So we're on the phone with Paige Hudson from ElementalBlogging.com. Welcome to the podcast, Paige. Thanks.
3: I'm glad to be here today.
0: Hey, can you tell us a little bit about your family and where you are and what you are?
3: Sure. Um, I have two kids. I have a daughter who's 12 and a son who's 4. And we've been homeschooling pretty much from the beginning. Uh, we live in the mountains, or the Appalachian Mountains of Virginia. And uh, I write for or write science curriculum for elemental science. And then I also blog at Elemental and sassafras science.
0: All right, well, we are excited to have you on the show with us because, like we said, we're talking about I, I love homeschooling, but I'm not a good teacher. And one of those areas is science. I mean, this scares the pants off a lot of homeschool parents.
2: Uh, me included, Fletch.
0: <laughs> so maybe we can just start this conversation by just kind of going through, you know, what are the basics? What, let's take some of the fear away by talking about what parents maybe actually need to be teaching.
3: Yeah, so there's three essentials. Uh, for teaching science. Uh, Three things that you need to have. You need to have experiments or some kind of hands-on. You need to have a way that the students are gathering the information that they need to learn. And you need to have some way that they're recording it. So experiments seem to be the one thing that people really struggle with. But when I say hands-on, you can have experiments, you can have demonstrations, you can have nature study, you can do stuff online. So it's much more than the typical um, chemicals, on the kitchen table, kind of experiment, um, and then when you gather information, again, you can use textbooks, you can use living books, you can use nonfiction library books. You could lecture your student if you're okay with that, um, but we generally don't do that in our house. <laughs> it doesn't go over too well, but um, there's and then keeping a record, you can use uh, things like you notebooking, know, narration, comprehension worksheets, lab books. Um, lab reports, so there's so much, there are so many options out there for us as homeschoolers uh, to teach science, to have these three essential components. There's lots of different ways that we can put that together. Um, and You can do the way that feels most comfortable for you in your homeschool
2: you know, Paige, when you talk about it that way, sort of break it down, it doesn't seem so scary to me. And I'm telling you, I, you know, I do this workshop called science for moms who don't like science because that is just where, you know, I have always been my whole life. But when you break it down like that, I, as the homeschooling mom think, oh, well I can do nature study with my kids or we can look things up online. We can look at YouTube videos or watch, you know, discovery channel. And we can we can do living, book. I can read them living books or, you know, we can do lap books and things like that. So uh, that really is a great uh, practical answer, I think, for somebody who says, I'm not a good teacher.
3: Right. Yeah. I think that science is sometimes looked at that subject that you have to use textbooks and you have to do the experiments that they say, because we're all afraid to get it wrong. Yeah. Um, But science, (laughs) you know, but science, it, it doesn't have to be boring it can be exciting and it can be much more, um, much more broad than we learned in public school. I don't know about you guys, but I went to public school and uh, it wasn't nearly as much fun as we have with science in our homeschool. So I think as homeschoolers, we're really lucky to have all these opportunities and options uh, to learn science in a real and practical way.
0: All right, Paige. So, uh, you know, one of the things that comes up for homeschool families a lot is maybe they'll be participating in a science fair. And if you have a parent who says, all right, I, I really want my kids to take part in this, but I just don't do this because I'm not really good at teaching science. What do we have for those parents?
3: Yes. Yeah, so the easiest way to do a science fair is to not. No, just kidding. <laughs> <This> time...
0: <laughs> hey, right on. This is homeschooling in real life. That's, that's something we yep. would say. <laughs>
3: So the first thing I want to say is don't worry about it till middle school. If the science fair project really scares you, um, it's okay to put it off for a couple of years and wait until the middle school years because that's when your kid's really going to benefit the most from doing a science fair project. Um, But the best way to do it is to break it down in uh, eight simple steps. And so you're going to follow the scientific method to a degree, but the first thing you're going to do is you're going to choose your topic. And the best way to choose your topic is choose one that your student is already interested in. Because if they're interested in it, they're more likely to do it. I don't know about you, but my middle school student won't do anything she's not interested in without threats. <laughs> but So after you've chosen your topic, uh, you can do a little research. And then you can use that research to formulate a hypothesis about what the student wants to learn about. Then you're going to design your experiment around your hypothesis. You'll perform that experiment, you'll analyze your data, then you'll create your board and you'll give your presentation. So those eight simple steps, I've broken them down. If you look on the blog, Elemental Blogging, under the Science Fair tab, you can see each of them broken down for you. But if you walk it through and break it through in chunks, so you choose one a week, um, and you break it up, it's much easier to complete this huge, big, looming Science Fair project. Um, So the easiest way is to give yourself plenty of time, break it down into the steps, take a a chunk at a time and you'll get through it.
2: So, Paige, uh, me as the mom who, you know, thinks I'm a terrible teacher of science um, in particular, there's other subjects I'm not so good in, but that one in particular, you know, the whole dissection thing freaks me out. So what, what do you say to a mom or a dad who just is like, Oh, really the fetal pig thing? And the, you know, frog thing. And, you know, how do you handle the dissection part of science when you hit biology in the middle in high school years? Very carefully. (laughs) You You have, you have lots of options for you. I mean, you don't have to
3: have the fetal pig in your home anymore. Uh, the great thing about the Internet is that you can search, like if you type in fetal pig dissection, you can find uh, an online one that your student can do without you even being in the room <laughs> if you don't even want to see that part. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there, I've seen all kinds of crazy ways of dissection. I mean, I've seen a lady who crocheted an entire frog dissection set that you can purchase on um, it's at it Etsy, and you can purchase it, and your kids can do a, a knitted version of the frog dissection. Okay, you know what's so, funny?
2: I actually have that pattern. You do? <laughs> yeah, I haven't done it yet, but I, I picked it up for my <laughs> science-loving daughter. thought I'm going to knit this for her at some point.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can't knit, or we would probably have one. <laughs> but but yes, yeah, so there's options, and there's YouTube videos, too, that you can have your students watch of having a science teacher do it for them. Um, so you can do, you don't actually have to have that fetal pig in your house, but at the same time, I really do recommend you do at least one dissection with your students at some point in their career so they can actually see, um, the stuff that's inside of the animals and the stuff that they're, they're studying. It's, it's good. It's a good opportunity to see it, even if they don't enjoy it, like my daughter didn't. (laughs)
0: Hey uh I know another one that I've heard a lot and and this isn't necessarily I'm a I'm a bad teacher but uh well I don't know not a bad teacher I'm just an unwilling teacher to have uh chemicals around my house I mean I know uh as a you know I was a pre science major um I'm the one that you know, when you said, uh, you said earlier about the easiest way to do a science fair project is not to do it, you know. Um, <laughs> I was a science major who decided I didn't want to be a science major, but I still wanted to be a dentist. So <laughs> I quit biology and I went to English because I figured I would use oh. English every day of my life. <laughs> um, but, you know, along the way, I so had to... So you're one of those yes, people. Yes, <laughs> uh, Along the way, I, I, you know, I had to dissect... Uh, um, all these things along the way, but chemicals, you know, formaldehyde in the kitchen, parents don't want that smell. Moms don't want to see uh, maybe the solar system uh, cut out across the kitchen, all these different parts of science uh, right. that, that maybe they just don't want around. Any suggestions for that?
3: Yeah, sure. Well, you could avoid the chemicals altogether and do your science through nature study, um, or you could use... Uh, Kitchen chemicals, like instead of using hydrochloric acid for vinegar that might, or for an acid that would, you know, burn a hole in your kitchen cabinets, um, you could use vinegar. Uh, So there's lots of kitchen options that you can use that you already have around. Um, Epsom salts and water uh, perform an endothermic reaction. It means that it gets cold, so you can use something like that rather than uh, the full-blown chemicals.
0: Are there any experiments that end up you, with you eating something when you're done?
3: <laughs> Jello cells. Oh, That's always the famous edible one. Uh, Karen Tripp, her blog Teach Beside Me, has this really cool Rice Krispie and Cake model of the inside of the earth with icing on it that looks very tasty. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so models are your best bet for food. Um, <laughs> ice cream. You can always make ice cream with rock salt and ice and a little cream and lots of sugar. <laughs> and there's your... Your chemistry experiment that goes from a sol- uh, liquid to a solid. Suddenly, I'm really liking science. <laughs> <laughs> science is so much fun. It really is. But, you know, I've noticed if you have a bad experience in school uh, with a certain subject, it's really hard to get excited about teaching it to your students.
0: Uh, you know, Paige, one of the reasons we brought you on here is we think you have some really good hands-on information uh, that you can share with our listeners that you're directly involved with. So can you share maybe some of those ideas?
3: Um, I share science tips uh, at my blog, elementalblogging.com and try to reduce some of the fear with tips for homeschooling moms. And then I also share um, some actual practical hands-on stuff like the different uh, ways of pollinating and types of rocks and things like that and activities you can use to uh, teach those to your students and then uh, we also or we offer books and science curriculum uh, to meet a range of homeschoolers needs so we have one that kind of focuses around a living book uh, about the sassafras twins who travel around the world learning about science and then we have lab books and we also have a classic series which uses encyclopedias and notebooking and experiments so each one of those have all the three components that we talked about earlier
2: Thank you so much, Paige, for being with us. We really appreciate it. We know um, this is a subject that is tricky, but you hit it really well for us, and we really appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for having me here. I'm glad to be a part of the Hurler Club.
0: Well, thanks for being with us, Paige. We appreciate it. Hey, this is John Wilkerson from The Wired Homeschool over at the thewiredhomeschool.com. You're listening to Fletch and Kendra on homeschooling in real life. All right, Hurlers, this was a great episode to record. We had great content, both from Steve Wilkins and from Paige Hudson. Um, but maybe there's someone you would like us to interview. Maybe you want to be interviewed. Maybe there's something you want to talk about. You know, you can reach us in one of several ways. You can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. Uh, you can tweet to us. We're big tw- We're big tweeters. We're big
2: We, we're, we, we tweet. Tw- you're kind of a twit.
0: I'm, a tw- I'm trying to, I didn't want it to come out like that. We're <laughs> tweeters. Uh, you, our handle is at homeschoolirl. Again, if you go to our website, which is homeschoolingirl.com, we encourage you to subscribe to our website or you can email us, contact us, leave a voicemail there. Um, if there's someone you want us to interview, and that can be anyone, someone an education, if there um, is a controversy within homeschooling or uh, maybe something that just borders on. A rigidity, legalism, or even on the side of grace, if there's a conversation you want us to have out loud because you're afraid to have it, you just need to let us know.
2: We'd also love to encourage you to leave us a really great Christmas gift this year.
0: Wow. I love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but what, this, this, this one's easier. Oh, it's easier yeah, than coffee? It
2: doesn't cost any money and you don't have to ship it. So, if you could just go to iTunes and leave us a five star review, Merry Christmas!
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. Be like, hey, Merry! You could say, you could say Merry Christmas, Fletch and Kenj. Here's your review, and then we'll know <laughs> that that was a gift from you. That's Mwah. awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and what will we give them? We'll podcasts. give them another year, of more audience. and more yeah. podcasts. <laughs> With that in mind, what do we have coming up for our listeners in the next episode?
2: Oh, just to kick off the new year, we've got a great episode with author Kim Crandall, who wrote a book called Christ in the Chaos. This has been a pivotal book, not just in my life, Fletch, but for readers who did a book study um, on preschoolersandpeace.com with me last year. It is a life changer. It's a game changer because it looks at the mom or dad. She's told us that men have written to her and said, thank you so much for telling me it's not not about trying harder and doing more. It's about resting in the finished work of the cross. Everybody asks, what does that look like? So let's talk about that on our next episode. Episode 34, Christ in the Chaos.
0: Yeah, you know, here's the deal. The way we do these interviews is sometimes one of us or the other will, will pick the person that we're going to interview. Mm-hmm. This is a friend of Kendra's. I sat down during the Skype interview and we recorded it. Blew me away. Her story is really, really good. And in the midst of it, I kind of stopped remembering that I was interviewing her and just listened to her story. Hurlers, you are not going to want to miss this episode.
2: If you're a hurting mom, hurting dad, you've got a hurting friend, grab each other, listen to episode 34, Christ in the Chaos. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Every show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information on this podcast or to contact your hosts, please visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.